Welcome back to the Multimedia Storage Cabinet Oddities. I'm Serafina, and the horror movie I'm feeling like today is Rosemary's 28-Year-Old Baby, because this week has been full of so many choices that I don't want to make anymore. How about you guys? Hi, everybody. My name is Ambi, and the movie I'm feeling like today is Lizard Prime Minister Horror in Tottenham Square. <laughs> oh, as you will. Um, I don't know if I can follow that up, but my name is Erie, and um, I am trapped with the rancid corpse with a thousand fangs. Oh, shit. Because, you know, life do be rotting around us for real. <laughs> it do be. Well, um, I'm gonna, you know, be like, hi, it's me, your boy, because I've been gone <laughs> for a while. Uh, I moved. <laughs> and uh, fun fact, when you have a lot of shit and you're an oddity collector, that takes a really long fucking time. In fact, I'm really not completely moved yet. <laughs> so Maximalism really does take a toll. It really does. I'm definitely paying for movers after this time, um, <laughs> because this was fucking terrible, to be honest. The only redeeming quality was we bought all of the furniture. So I didn't have to move any furniture, it's just moving everything else. And putting it all up on the walls. And also the stock increase that happens when I move because of the amount of command strips I have to buy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all of that. Uh, but, you know, all the important stuff is here. I'm here. The cats are here. My boyfriend's here. The spiders are here. And all of my LARP shit's here because the LARP season has started as well, which has also been keeping me busy. Um, so yeah, that's where I've been. And then also moving when you're a witch is a lot of work because you move and then you have to redo all the shit you did at the other place at the new yeah. place. It's really fucking annoying. So, but we're in it. We're living it. We're on the first floor. Um, I was just talking about how my cats are so hyped that they get to watch wildlife now. Because um, we were like up against the woods and their cat tree is um, facing a window that is facing the woods. So they get to like see all the birds and the deer and they're really hype about it. They're big fans. It definitely seems like a huge upgrade. The apartment oh, seems really nice. Yes, it is such a huge upgrade. <laughs> like today they did routine maintenance where they come in and change the filters. Fun fact, that's a thing that they should just do. My old apartment did not do that. So there were two times in the seven years that I lived there where the air conditioning stopped working because I did not change the filters. That's not a good <laughs> job. And they were like, just change the filter. And I'm like, but why? So, I don't I don't work here. <laughs> exactly. So I'm very happy with my choice. Uh, we are down a floor too, which is fucking rad because it's like you're in the basement, but like it's still enough natural light that I have room for all of my plants. All my windowsills are super deep. It's fucking awesome. I'm very, very happy with my, my move. Good. Yeah, it's we awesome. are. We're happy to have you back for this episode, but we are also very happy that you are in a better space. It's always nice. Yeah, it's been awesome. And um, moving on from that into upcoming media, because, bro, October is about to be fucking lit with it the content. It looks really good. Um, so we were talking before we started recording about The Exorcist. We were all kind of discussing about what the remake, it, it really does look like it could be good or it could be really bad. It kind of depends. Yeah, it's it's going to be either end of the spectrum. There's no middle ground here. It's either going to be wildly bad or wildly great. Yeah, I can appreciate that they chose to go the um, not a true remake route, though. Right. And that they chose to just chose to just make a new Exorcist movie. I think there's some value there. So I'm fingers crossed, hoping that it's really good. Um, 
I know a lot of people are super excited for it. Also in October, specifically on October 13th, October 13th, which is a Friday, by the way, ladies and gents, mm-hmm. we have a Friday the 13th in October this year, which is pretty fun. Um, we have the new Goosebumps series coming out on Disney+. Plus. It looks like it could be pretty good. I've, I've it watched- It looks dark. The, yeah, it does. It does. It, it looks, looks great. Like it, looks more adult in my honest yeah, opinion than like the I original agree. goosebumps so fingers crossed that that's going to be good because last time they did something modern that was goosebumps related it was that random ass goosebumps movie with jack black it was oh yeah good. yeah um about that. so there's that and then also on friday the 13th uh john carpenter is releasing an anthology on peacock uh, I have no details on what that's about other than it's anthology horror and it's John Carpenter and that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. So Gets I'm me in the door. Yeah. I uh, was told by my regular office boss that I had to take days off work because I had like a billion hours of vacation and I was getting yelled at. <laughs> and I took off Friday the 13th. So we Hell all yeah. know what I will be doing on that day. Um, and then the other thing is they just announced the new season of Dragula, and that's supposed to come out in October as well. So I think it's looking pretty good. Yeah, I feel like last year's October, we only had a few things that looked interesting. But this year we have like multiple TV series and a couple of movies, which is very exciting. Yeah, ready for it for sure. Yeah, definitely. I have very long drives to and from Salem, so... <laughs> I'm pumped to, to have, commit. yeah. I'm pumped <laughs> to have some medium. Um, that was my input. That was your input. We love that. Thanks. That's how I feel every time I think about it. So it's good input. Thanks. So today, in this new episode of Queer Fear, we are covering one of my favorite movies, The Witch or The Vitch, if you're that kind of person. <laughs> what do you guys think of the movie? I fucking love this movie. It's, it's so an A24 good. movie, mm-hmm. which is the best of the best. I think that it is everything I want and more in a anti-Christianity type <laughs> movie because that is what it is. Yeah, real. basically. And we'll talk about him later, I'm sure. But it does give us our cult classic, Now Everyone Obsessed with Black Phillip, which everyone Phillip, loves very much. Black Phillip. Yep. <laughs> So what's the rating? Uh, I'm definitely giving it a four and a half skulls, at least. Hell yeah. Ambi, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so just like with like every other movie we've done, this is my first time seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is probably like my third favorite horror movie now. Um, yeah. I seriously loved every... It's It's the exact kind of horror movie I like where it's more psychological and pacing horror rather than just like you know other things in the genre um it's just it's the kind of horror that really really sits for me mm-hmm. it was so good i i love the plot line i love the characters i love the message like emily said <laughs> it's really yeah really great um i would give it a 10 out of 10 and i think that's the first movie i've given a 10 out of 10 but i Damn. loved it a lot. that's how i, I do i I'm get that be really glad to hear that i know yeah. when we started this you're like i haven't watched a lot of horror movies and we're like well you're gonna learn today <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm happy that you liked this one yeah, it I made a, so good. I made a joke to Dave the other night, which I I know that you love this movie, Gary, so don't jump on me when I say this. But when I 
watch this movie. I call it my comfort movie. And I say, yeah, Eerie will throw on a slasher and I'll throw this on. And I'm like, uh, she'll probably throw this on too. But like, this is the type of movie I get lost in where like slashers I appreciate, but like this kind of like thinker, oh, it just hits. Yeah, I understand that that feeling. I wouldn't, I don't know that I have a comfort A24 movie, but this one is very world building, I would say. Yeah. So I can understand why it's comfy to you. And it's very um, Cottage Witch, which yes. is definitely your vibe. Oh, the aesthetic. Yes. Um, it's so good. Can I ask a quick noob question? Of course. What's A24? Is that the studio? Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. They gotcha. have made pretty much every horror movie that has been everyone's favorite horror movie in the last few years has been in A24. Um, yes. So I don't know if you heard of Hereditary. Oh, um, I love that movie. That's also an A24 movie. Midsummer. Um, Midsommar, yeah, that one we need to cover that one because that yes. one's a fucking I'm, banger. I'm saving I really that one for see summer. That one. I haven't seen it though, but I've heard yeah. it's amazing. It's really, it's great. It's very good. Also, um, special mention to X and Pearl. I know they're doing another um, movie in that series called Maxine, I think. I don't know. Oh, I think you're right. I think I heard that. I just watched Pearl the other day, obsessed. It's very good. Yeah. I liked it better than X, actually. I liked X. I haven't seen X yet. X is a slasher, but I think Pearl was better. Apparently, they're behind um, HBO's Euphoria. Yeah, they so, are. Gotta they love them for Nate Jacobs. I'm here for you more now. <laughs> oh my God, not Nate Lord. Jacobs. <laughs> Dear Lord. Yeah, A24 is a powerhouse. They've come up with a lot. They uh, they just came out with uh, Talk to Me. Yeah, which I've heard really good things about. I'm waiting too. to watch that one. Um, Brad doesn't like possession horror. So we have right. to like, I, I have to play figure it out like how i'm gonna watch those movies because he won't he can't see them in theater but i did tell him i was like okay we just bought the couch it's time to buy a 75 inch tv and surround sound that's it (laughs) so that i can watch these movies as if i'm at the theater but watch them at home and that is definitely a bonus they've done the lighthouse which i love and they've done uh the killing of a sacred deer which i love okay i'm all about this oh god the killing of a sacred deer what a journey that's one of my movies that's one of my queer fear movies Good. That was filmed in Cincinnati, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very they've neat. done everything. That was, I think, one of their first movies too. But they're great. Everything. They're, they're also very uh, like a gay studio where like all yes. the girls and the gays get together for a twenty-four movies for the sure. Girls and gays. That's how it be. All right. So, uh, of course, my review is twenty out of twenty Rams horns for this movie. You know, all of them. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to read some reviews as we do. I'll give you one of my favorite 10 out of 10s, and then I'm going to save the the one star um, because it's so funny. Uh, so this 10 out of 10 says, if the 17th century could make a movie, right? If people from the 17th century could make a film about their deepest, darkest horrors, it would look a lot like this movie. The Witch engrosses you in the time and place of its setting. It's a family drama, a horror, and a folktale, all interwoven together into a macabre ode of the times when people were frightened of the primeval darkness of the forest and the inexplicable twists of their wretched fates. Intense and gripping from the very beginning with some of the most amazing acting I've seen by the youngest cast members. Fantastic movie for horror fans and a masterful period piece. I would recommend it highly to horror fans and fans of history and good cinema in general. And that's how I feel. Yeah, preach. 
I left that review. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote this. I mean, it's definitely how I feel. I think uh, when we get into it, I, I had a hard time in writing the synopsis, including the paranoia of the time. Yeah. But that is, this movie does that so well. It does. All right. Are we ready for the one star? Yes. Oh, I'm so ready. The title of this says, this movie doth sucked balls from thy goat. I'm dying. <laughs> Doth sucked balls. Uh, made an account just to let everyone know this movie sucked. <laughs> there is no witch. You see them at the end for like two seconds. That's it. Don't waste your time. <laughs> 19 out of 35 people found this helpful. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I made an account. Uh, that's that's my favorite part. Made an account because we see that so often when we go to one star, where they're like, "I don't even do this. I don't even review movies." But this shit sucked. I love when people make an account just to express their grievances. It's so funny. You were so pissed, so mad. Someone like so rented that and spent money on it, and they were upset that they lost their five dollars. Yeah, one thousand percent. Also, like the witch isn't really the villain. No. Nope. And, and like if you don't, if you don't watch this movie and get that, like it's kind of hard for me to explain. To you. Also, if you don't know about that time period, right? That, that exactly. Is also, fact. It's like what in the hell? Um, so yeah, I really like that one. This movie doth sucked balls from that goat, and honestly, I think the same way, but uh, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we ready to just go ahead and get into it? Yeah. So ready. All right. This movie is filled with great actors. Honestly, there's only five of them, but like every single one of them like does the damn thing. And I just want to commend them before we even get into it, because like the first review said they really they done suck, suck the balls out of the goat of the acting gig. They were booked. <laughs> yeah. They were busy and they did the damn thing. They really did. Rent was due. Rent was due, and they they paid it. They actually bought a mortgage. They had a whole mortgage. Like they got a, they got it together after this one. So we open in 1630s New England. English settler William and his family, wife Catherine, teenage daughter Thomason, preteen son Caleb, and young fraternal twins Mercy and Jonas are banished from a Puritan settlement over a religious dispute. That's how the tone is first set. The father is trying to debate that he was only trying to like preach the gospel in his own words, to which the town elders say he bastardized the gospel. And he, at this point, says, we didn't move here to flee religious persecution. Um, or no, sorry. That's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Didn't we move here to flee <laughs> religious persecution? Uh, and what's interesting about this scene is that in other countries, people are taught about the Americans or the English settlers that came here. They weren't religious folk trying to flee persecution. They were like they were like hardcore extremist religious folk. I mean, like, but that's true, though. Right. So I just think it's interesting to think, like, in America, you look at that as, like, they, they were free thinkers, right, of the time. They were they were getting persecuted for their religion. Um, but really, even the religious people were like, hey, chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> calm down, dude. Calm down. At this point, they are kicked out of the settlement, and they are to basically make their own homestead. 
They build a small cabin on a smallish farm near a large secluded forest. And Catherine is, when she's exiled, she's actually pregnant. So she here now bears her fifth child, Samuel. So now it's two parents and like four freaking kids just trying to survive. Um, And if you guys know anything about homesteading or trying to live off the land like that shit's really hard Mm. right it's not easy especially if you're not from the area right you know nothing about growing anything in this area you have nothing set up to help you gardening isn't like just you like put a seed in the ground and it's just like oh food it's really hard right i do this every day like it's not easy so they're taking on a momentous task and they're put there because their father um is a little prideful. <laughs> a lot of prideful. Just a little, you know? Just a little. So they're going about their tasks of the day. And we have Thomason, who is played by the amazing Anya Taylor-Joy. Love her and everything she's in. And this, still stunning, still amazing. But she's young. She's very young in this movie. And unfortunately, she is still the eldest daughter. And uh, anyone who knows an eldest daughter or is an eldest daughter knows that does not come with an easy chore list. And um, she is given Samuel, this newborn baby, to watch over for a little bit. And she is playing peekaboo with him uh, on the edge of the farm. And she closes her eyes for two seconds and opens them. And wouldn't you know that Sam is gone. I had to rewind that scene like three different times. I was like, did I miss something? No, he's no. gone. <laughs> he just disappeared into the ether. Yeah, he just left. You know, he was like, Looked honestly, the dad. Room, yeah, right. Exactly. Got he's like, go. yo, my dad's crazy. I'm out this bitch. And she's, he's like, there ain't no way we're going to survive winter. I'm out of <laughs> So, of course, she, Thomason, starts freaking out and starts yelling for him. She runs into the woods, gets scared. She runs for help. There's not really any help except for their family. They can't find him. He's gone. Right? Uh, Not a great time. Not a great time for the family. We then see my dream home. (laughs) A really gross witch's hut in the middle of the woods. Go off. And uh, it's amazing and beautiful and stunning. And I love it. Um, And our sweet dear witch of the woods is making this like really weird bloody paste in a mortar and pestle, right? Kind of hate that, and it doesn't sound good. I thought they, I thought great. it was a um, sex scene. When I first heard it. Oh, I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, immediate vibe switch. Didn't it kind of sound just like oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, like that's her whole thing. Like the witch of the woods, she's like they're like a little, se- you know, they're a little seductive, they're a little sexy. Yeah. Um, even whilst making a weird blood paste it's it's really gross um it is implied in this scene that the witch has stolen and killed samuel and um she's this blood paste is samuel ground up uh to make a flying ointment which is something that was a part of local folklore in the New England area, where if you were to kill a child and cover your body in their blood paste, uh, you could fly. And we then, at that point, see her flying through the woods. Effective testing. Effective. I mean, she really, she was like, well, let's see. 
Let's try it out. I mean, that's all you got to do. Truly. It's like they talk about the people in Hollywood doing it. It's like, but we don't see them flying around. I mean, hello. (laughs) Anyway. Dude, Elizabeth Bathory must have been fucking. Dog. Homegirl was zooming. (laughs) 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 So. Unfortunately, we do have to go back to the family, right? This movie might be called The Witch, but like that review said, we don't get to spend a lot of time with her. (laughs) Clearly devastated by the loss, the whole family in a bummer mood. Catherine, the mother, who is played by the craziest aunt to ever exist on television. I was going to say, that's Aunt Lysa. Yes, Aunt Lysa from The Veil and Game of Thrones. Lysa Aaron. She only really plays one type of character and she does it so well. It makes me nervous about who she is in real life. I was going to say, like, I hope this doesn't make me sound douchey, but she plays like psychotic woman so well. She really she does. She really looks like I was, I was, like, do like, I, I was like, do I sound yeah. like a dick man by saying this? But God, is she good at this? No. No, it's, it, she's definitely typecast. Some people are built for certain roles. Yes. And <laughs> leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> So our dear Catherine is spending her days crying and praying and praying and crying and crying and praying. It, she's she's going through a grief I, I can't understand. Uh, so I, I, I'm sure it's awful. As an actress, she really, she serves it. I believe so her good. that she's, yeah. William, the father, in his emotions, spends time chopping wood. Naturally. Real helpful. Love that. Uh, We see William and Caleb in the fields working on a couple of things. This is early in the morning, right? When you're a settler, you're working up with the sun. You're going to bed at night with the the sun setting. This is early in the morning. And at this point, William drops the hardest deadline I've ever heard about sleeping in. He tells him that the devil holds fast his eyelids. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I love that because honestly... That's me. That's how I feel. I'm just always sleeping in. It's like, oh, devil's got your eyelids. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) William then tells him that their harvest can't last the winter. So he has set traps in the woods. A place the children have been forbidden to go. A place that they have lost a child to. At this point, they're assuming that a wolf took Samuel and not a witch. Because they're still, at this point, sane enough to be like, the witches don't exist. It's a wolf. I was like, look at right? the Puritans being reasonable. <laughs> For 20 seconds, the only tw- the only scene in this entire movie. <laughs> William's taken upon himself to hunt down this wolf to get revenge for his son. Um, so he takes Caleb into the woods. He actually, at this point, also takes him hunting. Not just to te- check the traps, but to keep an eye out for anything going on here. Anytime the woods are mentioned in this movie, just know the vibe is not great if you're like a normal person to survive. As a witch and someone who wants to live in the woods, the vibe is exactly what I'm going for at all times. (laughs) So that's how you know, like, it's not good for them, okay? And this scene is really sad, right? They are so, I mean, they're so, like, devout in their nature that they've been kicked out of a settlement, right? Like they're like, they're too extreme for the religion extremists. And also their children have only known this lifestyle. So in this scene where Caleb is hunting with his father, 
he is wondering if his brother, his baby brother, his unbaptized brother is even eligible to go to heaven. This kid is screaming about how upset he is that this baby is going to be stuck in hell for the rest of eternity, which is so sad because Caleb's like, what, maybe 10, maybe 11? I think he's supposed to be like 13. If I oh, remember really? Correctly, something like that. I, but he's, I got like eight-year-old vibes from him. Damn. I thought yeah. he was like 11, and I thought that Thomason was like 13. Well, you know, those 11-year-olds, they're really big now. Yeah, maybe it was her who was 13, and then he was... I, it's so hard to tell based off of typecasting. But Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're young. Young enough yes, they're that all young. he should not be this affected, right, by like what the Lord thinks he should not be. No, like, healthy childhood has you like crying that your brother's like stuck in hell for eternity yeah. instead of like oh. actually crying that your brother's dead, you Do know? I need therapy? Yes. <laughs> we all for do. many things. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, I mean, this child is going through grief, right? And to William's credit, I think that if it wasn't for the religious thing, he'd be an okay dad. <laughs> um, but it always comes back to, you know, religion with his family in every in every place. He does try to comfort this kid, right? In the best way he can, which is, you know, telling him, like, pray about it. Talk to the Lord about it. Like, you, like Caleb is questioning his own sanctity where he's screaming, like, if I were to die right now, am I going to end up in hell like Sam? And and he's trying to comfort his kid and be like, well, work on your relationship with the Lord. Well, you know, work on all of this. Like, it'll be okay, right? And then he does that thing that dads do where in response, William then discloses secrets to him to try to make him feel better, to get his mind off of what's going on, right? So William, at this point, discloses that he has secretly traded Catherine's prized silver cup for these hunting supplies. William says that he will tell Catherine of this cup selling once her grief passes. And then a rabbit or a hare comes into the path in front of them. And he loads up said gun, pulls the trigger, tries to shoot the rabbit, and the gunpowder hits him right in the eye. <laughs> of course. This family has zero luck. Like, Mother Nature is a cruel bitch when, when you're not on her side. And, dog, I'm telling oh. you, at no point do they have a good step. I thought that the uh, the, the, the evil hair devil did it. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely possible. Not that we have any proof of that other than just a vibe. <laughs> the whole woods is... <laughs> Yes, at this point, the hair does become uh, way more of a memorable character later on. But at this point, you're just like, damn, that sucks, right? Guns at this point were not reliable. Not that guns now are reliable, but they were way less reliable then. Because it was just like, shove some powder in that thing and, and hope you hit something. Well, also the explosive from like a black powder gun is like way more than a modern gun. Right, right? That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, good yeah. luck. <laughs> Yeah, way more projectile potential there. Yeah. At this point, we go back to the farm. The twins play with the family's billy goat. Black Philip, our king, our love. The children, as in the twins, uh, say that he talks to them. And they're singing a little ditty as they always do. Black Philip, Black Philip, 
basically, if you don't know anything about Black Phillip, you just see these like six year olds just antagonizing the hell out of this goat. Right. If this is just a regular animal, <laughs> like they're rude not, as hell, to be honest. Yeah, it's not good goat behavior to be, you know, out there <laughs> fucking around. So at this point, they put the goat up and they all go to inside to wash up. It's the end of the day. And Catherine comes out of the house. And I don't like to say that a bitch starts nagging, but dear Lord. <laughs> homegirl's going at them she starts at her husband and then her kids she's nervous about them going off and dying i understand that but she does that in the way like only a narcissistic mother can you know like she doesn't do it in like a i'm nervous and and we just lost samuel and we and i want to make sure you guys are safe she's like how dare you do this to me you know it's like (laughs) okay chill we really do see the eldest daughter trope come in because somehow it it becomes thomason's responsibility and and thomason's issue that like these people like went off and did things and like she's not taking care of the twins and stuff and mind you thomason's like 13 14 like she's a baby she didn't have the kids her mom had the kids yeah hello problem hello right so then caleb pops up and says that they were off searching for apples he thought he had seen an apple tree he's covering for his father's lie i mean it's a crazy thing to do at the age of nine eight eleven however the uh, old he is but at this point he realizes like i have to calm my mother down i'm going to lie right um not great it works she takes it in stride and is like, okay, well, thanks for trying, blah, blah, blah. Turns around and starts yelling at Thomason again <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and gives her more chores to do because now, of course, the dad's covered in gunpowder. And um, it's Thomason's job to now wash his clothes. So we see her at the side of a creek. She is washing these clothes and we see Caleb show up. Um, they strike up a conversation. They're just talking about if there really was an apple tree, you know, that kind of stuff. And in this moment, Caleb starts eyeing up his sister. Okay, I thought so too. And and I was like, is this his sister or is this like a girl that came with them? It made me very uncomfortable. (laughs) He's like, I think it was meant to, to be a sign of the times, but I don't like it. (laughs) So. When I first started writing this episode, the thing about this episode, I didn't want to, I don't want to give everything away, right? Because there are some people who are going to listen to this and have never seen it. There are people who are going to listen to this who have seen it. My favorite thing about this movie is as you watch it many more times, you notice so many more things. Each one of these family members is plagued with a deadly sin. Caleb's is lust. That's why he's like, as we get into the movie, you'll, you'll notice it more and more. We're like, homie is just like, Morning. Yeah, homie needs a cold shower. <laughs> homie needs to like take take a step. So yeah, he's <laughs> he's completely like just eyeing up his like eldest sister's chest. It's real odd, real weird. Hate the vibes. Worse vibes than the woods, you know. Um, she tries to comfort him because that she thinks he's acting odd, like that he's just spooked about Samuel or something along those lines. So she's like holding him, like trying to talk to him, like make him feel better, and he's just a creep. Um, and then the twins scare the shit out of them, yeah. pop up. And Mercy, my favorite twin, if not one of my favorite characters, there's something about her that I just love. She talks like an eight-year-old woman, <laughs> um, and I love her. And she comes out saying, she be the witch of the woods. Clickety, clackety, clickety, clackety. She's so funny. I, I just love her so much. Uh, she tells them that Black Phillip speaks to her. She says that she's seen the witch. 
Thomason then at this point, annoyed with the day and her younger sister, starts fucking with her heavy. And, you know, they're going back and forth on if it was a wolf or if it was a witch or if it was a wolf. And Thomason says, you're right. It was a witch. I'm that very witch. When I sleep, my spirit slips away from my body and dances with the devil naked. I've signed my soul into his book. She's basically just scaring the shit out of this little Trolling girl. And them. Caleb's like, Rick, it's rare. It's all kinds of right? <laughs> That's the only thing he'd listen to the whole time. Naked? Um, <laughs> naked? What do you mean? <laughs> Where's this book? Of course, she tells her she will witch her if she, if Mercy tells, the, tells on her, tells the mother that this is going on. Caleb then gets mad at her for telling these lies. You can tell that the vibe in this family is very, uh, so religious, it's gone past culty to the point of, like, it's almost like uh, the USSR, where it's like, you can't rat each other out. There's no, like, sibling bond here, because it's all very, you either have to be this perfect Puritan and be a perfect kid, or, like, you're getting ratted out, and probably, like, beat. So, like, they have to be very careful, even in joking. There's, like, no joking among siblings here, you know? Well, also, like, if there's any sign of what they think is witchcraft, you're dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. easy. It's Jover. Call, yeah. Wrap it up. So, at this point, we get to see our first family dinner. So much fun. <laughs> Yay. Uh, in this cozy cottage, we have the whole family around the table sharing a meal after a good long prayer. I mean, it just goes. Uh, Catherine, at this point, takes the leeway to once again go after Thomason and blame her for misplacing her silver cup. The same one that the father had admitted earlier to selling. Thomason, of course, says she hasn't touched it, but Catherine is incensed. And says, what of mine haven't you lost? Blaming her, of course, for the loss of baby Samuel at this point. The father just kind of dismisses her and says she hasn't touched it. Basically lets her flounder. Caleb, of course, doesn't love this. Caleb's like, but dad, like, he doesn't say anything, but he's like looking at him like, but dad, you know, you know, we know what's, what do you mean? And William just lets it go. At this point, Catherine says, what's amiss on this farm? It's not natural. I wish I could do her voice because oh, it's so good. good. What's amiss on this farm? It's not natural. <laughs> William says, Caleb, you'll read the chapter of the word tonight. Kind of like weirdly, I felt like giving him a job so he didn't open his mouth. Like It was like very like, I don't know, sly, but he's like, the Lord will balance out this farm. Which like, okay sure but also like just tell your wife like stop the madness i don't know um so thomason has to take care of the farm animals and make sure that they're locked up because they could like hear them from inside the cottage and at this point she notices a weird as hell hair just chilling with the goats at this point we notice it's the same hair as earlier and before the one that maybe made the gun go off we're not sure but this thing has a look in its eyes dog that's like so unsettling <laughs> i think rabbits just look like that in general dude like they I have the craziest agree. eyes rabbits all look they like they really seen do some shit 
They yes. do. I don't like rabbits. That's a hot take for me today. I Go think on. like a single thing can set them off, and then they like kill themselves because they break their backs and shit mm-hmm. like all the time. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not about it. I need something a little hardier than that. Very neutral. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're just kind of there. They exist. Yeah, they just exist to me. But I, I do agree with you. They're a little flighty. Yeah. So after all this is said and done, it's now nighttime. It's time to go to bed. Kate is in prayer and she says to the Lord, be in my heart this night and evermore. A true Swifty moment for all the girls. (laughs) William, once again, trying to comfort someone in the best way he can uh, by telling her she needs to turn to God in this grief and not turn into herself. William's like, I know what you need. Right. Hello. Um, It's almost good advice. Like he almost gives everyone good advice. Like it's, he's like three steps away from being like just a good dad. It's, it's so weird. Um, And then of course he says, we should be rejoicing because this is the only child God has taken from us. We should be grateful for his love because they have four other children, which is wild. Like, don't feel They're sad. expendable. It's fine. <laughs> They're expendable. So we can have Lose more. one, we'll pop out Yeah, another. don't worry about it. Right? Hello. Um, and then Catherine, the realist, as always, says, God has cursed this family. <laughs> You're not wrong. Right. Well, one of them. William says, nah, he's just trying to humble us. <laughs> like that's okay. Humble who, William? Humble who? <laughs> humble, humble, curse. Him. Same, same. Same I did. God's just testing us. So then Catherine says they should have never left the settlement. Who's going to trade for their shitty corn? And after all of this conversation, we see that the kids are listening in. They're on the they're on the top floor. They're in the loft. And they're just like looking down through a hole in the floor, like taking all of this in. And Catherine, the ever loving mother that she is, says that they need to send Thomason away to serve another family to pay for the family's survival. Which, as a 14-year-old girl, you can only imagine how terrifying that would be. William says in the morning, they will travel to the village and look at prospective families for Thomason to go to. And we cut to Thomason and Caleb looking at each other, and then it fades to black. And if you could imagine... Just in that moment, knowing like, yeah, the corn's not doing well, so we're selling our kid into slavery is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a fear I like that I would not like to feel. So the next morning, they are rising with the sun again. It's bright and early, and Thomason finds Caleb in the barn, preparing to go back out to the wood. He's motivated now at this point. He wants to make sure his sister doesn't get sold off. Um, I don't know if that's because he (laughs) wants to be with her or like he's just trying to be, you know, like a good brother. We're not sure. Um, And of course, oh, you got thoughts? No, no, I was just making a joke because the boy's creepy, dude. (laughs) Yeah, we don't know at this point. He just doesn't want her to leave. Um, Thomason demands to go with him. She is a can-do type of bitch, and she's not going to be stuck here at home for them to grab her and sell her into slavery. So after some convincing, Thomason and Caleb sneak into the forest to check the traps. She has, you know, of course, promised Caleb. She won't say anything, but she wants to make sure that he's safe. 
And in checking the traps, there's actually a rabbit in the trap. Success has finally happened. A little bit of luck has finally happened. Um, but as one does remember, <laughs> this is the woods. <laughs> And as they are walking in the wood, they're reminiscing about the wealth they used to have. Thomason's older, so she remembers glass. Like, they had glass in their windows in England, and they don't have anything like that now. So they're talking about that. And Caleb, of course, not old enough to remember that. So she's explaining it to them. And then their dog, Fowler, uh, goes off, chasing a hare. The same hair that was standing with the goats looking all wild-eyed. We assume it's the same hair. I mean, it's New England in the 1630s. I'm sure they were everywhere. But th- it's got the same... Uh, I don't know. This one seems pretty special. It's a pretty unique hair. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Not in its look, but just in its vibe. <laughs> yeah, just in its vibe. <laughs> it's just creepy. Even thinking about it now, I'm just like, I don't like that. I don't like that hair. Yeah. It's not great. It's very um, sex worker esque. Sex if you worker esque. <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what I call a certain type of uh, cryptid that I don't like to say the name of. Oh yes, it is very uh, flesh pedestrian. If you yeah, oh, very much oh, okay, a flesh okay, pedestrian. Okay. An, an SW. So at this point, the dog's gone off. Caleb is now in pursuit. The hare frightens their horse as well, which throws Thomason to the ground and knocks her unconscious. We also hear a gunshot going off at this point, but I don't really think that comes up later. I'm not really sure what that's about. Um, Caleb becomes lost. He's walking around praying out loud, as one does, I guess, and he comes across Fowler's disemboweled body, which I don't love. Don't let don't love when dogs get hurt in, in movies. No. I'm a big fan. Um, and unfortunately, it does look realistic, but you don't really see it happening. If you don't know it's a dog, you're not going to see it. It's kind of like off to the side. You know, it's kind of like that scenario. It's implied what, what happened, though. He continues delving further into the thicket. It's getting late. It's getting a little dark. And he discovers a certain local celebrity's hut. <laughs> And um, from which the, from which, from which the witch. (laughs) (laughs) One with an H, one without, you know? Yes, exactly. One with an H, one with a T. Oh, you love it. (laughs) From which the vitch comes out. There we go. Did it. (laughs) Uh, She is now at this point in her, her seductive young woman garb, right? She's got the face. She's got the body. She's got the outfit. She looks great. And our boy Kayla was here for it. Dog, oh, if yeah. he wasn't a horny then, he's horny now, right? <laughs> it, like, he's literally the meme that's like, mark me down as scared and horny. Like, that's literally <laughs> him in this moment, right? Scroused, um, I believe is the term. Yes, scroused. Um, So she emerges. She's walking towards him all seductively. She says nothing, but then she goes and kisses him, which me too. Sign me up. I'm in. Him? And, um, huh? nothing I'm, I, no the witch yeah i said it and i was like well that's fucking stupid no she doesn't mean that and i <laughs> yes yeah that's yep this extremely devout child anyways <laughs> <laughs> Damn. no definitely like, the witch <laughs> and she looks great except for then at the end of the kiss we see her put up her gnarly old hand on the back of his head yeah i didn't like, like that so I wanted to use this as a PSA for people. If you moisturize your face, moisturize your freaking hands. <laughs> True. 
whether that be with mashed up baby or mashed with baby. a vino. <laughs> you know, whatever you got, I guess. <laughs> whatever you got on hand. Store-bought's fine. <laughs> we then see Thomason awaking. And she finds her way home by following William's voice. Of course, he's screaming for them. Uh, weirdly, he's only screaming for Caleb, which... What? I think we know why. <laughs> we do know why, but like, come on, dog. Um, but it's, I mean, it's getting dark, right? He has a lantern in, which he then throws down in the woods when he sees Thomason, um, which like forest fire, Smokey the Bear at this point comes out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, only you. <laughs> only you. He is happy to see her. I mean, like I said, he's like three steps away from being a good dad this whole movie. He is happy to see her. He embraces her. He's he's happy. He is asking where Caleb is. Of course, she's like, I don't know. I have no idea where the hell he went. I fell off a horse and am lucky to be alive. So then we go back home. And wouldn't you know that Mommy Dearest <laughs> once again shows up and berates Thomason. Um, this time for taking Caleb into the woods. She then turns her anger at someone who for once deserves it and berates William for not going into town for help sooner, for not, you know, for taking Caleb into the woods, all of this stuff. Uh, Kate's, Kate turns to Thomason and starts begging her for reasons. Thomason, of course, promised Caleb she wouldn't tell anyone. And then at this point, after a good couple of minutes of just some of the worst stuff you could ever hear come out of a mother's mouth, William then defends Thomason by reluctantly admitting that he sold the cup. He then states that he must make confession, which is kind of funny because I feel like that's like the modern days. Like, well, let me be honest with you. All right. Let, let, <laughs> let, let me, me level with something you. with you. Promise you're not going to be mad. Okay. just Promise you're not going to be mad. I must make confession. <laughs> I, this is what's up. <laughs> yeah. So what had happened was... Look, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He tells her that he sold the cup for hunting supplies and had taken Caleb just yesterday to show him the traps. And I'm glad he finally came to to be honest, but like it's it's too late, dog. Like so much has gone wrong already at this point. We see Catherine storm out of the the cabin and she's straight up going off. Right. She's had enough of this man and his bullshit. She says she knew he was false. How dare he take the children into the wood? He lied to her. He's broken God's code and lost another child. Will he condemn their whole family to death? And then she fucking slaps the shit out of that man. Oh, yeah, she does. The slap that could be heard across the realms, truly. <laughs> so I guess in my mind with that scene, I'm like, women talk to their husbands like that back then? Like, why is he not smacking the shit out of her right now? Not that I want to. I but think I it's because just... she's, like, truly off her fucking rocker, bro. Like, I... I think, to be fair, he's in shock, and also he deserves it, oh, and I sure. think he knows it. Yeah. yeah. And... Like I said, he's three steps away from being a good person the it's whole time. It's just the whole Christianity so factor. Of, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that it's it's a, a common thing. This is very much homegirls at the end of her, her rope. Because she does slap him, and then she immediately breaks down and cries. Yeah, I think um, I think they've like accepted that she's lost in her grief. Mm-hmm. Even though, to be honest, not that I will ever advocate for the beating of women. She probably deserved a slap. At some I think point, she needed one, just like a <laughs> yeah. wake up, bitch. Just, just a good, like, even if it was just a bucket of cold water or something, she needed yeah. a little bit of like a bring it back to reality. But I think 
that's kind of what happens when she slaps him, is that it kind of shocks the shit out of her, too. I have struck at my husband. Yeah. So she breaks down, cries. We flash back to them in the cabin. Thomason's helping her father's bloody nose. Like, she got him good. Um, And then at this point, she turns to her mother and she volunteers to bed down the goats for the night if it pleases her mother. And at this point, finally, Kate looks at her with, like, some amount of, like, love in her eye and, like, gives her, like, a tiny kiss on the noggin. Like, (laughs) does it suck that it took here to get to this point? Yes, 1,000%. I think it's a little too late there. It's so late. And the fact that she's only doing it in turn because Thomason is once again trying to be the people-pleasing eldest daughter. And, you know, she gets rewarded for that. The relationship between the two of them hurts me (laughs) in in such an insane way. Um, But we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So Thomason is out with the goats. It's it's dark. I mean, we're talking, it's probably 7.30 in October. You know, like it's it's been dark for like three hours. And she's in with the goats and she hears something outside the goat house and she runs out and there's Caleb. Yeah. He's back. He's naked. <laughs> he's delirious. And he's like mysteriously ill. Like he's like low-key comatose, but like weirdly propped up. It's very strange, right? So they bring him back into the house and Catherine is sitting over him And she's the first one to suggest that Caleb has fallen victim to witchcraft and prays for him, of course. And then we flash back to William once again, chopping some wood, right? There's issues. There's issues afoot. If you're looking for William, he do be chopping wood. I really do be thinking that he's also a Capricorn because I also just turned to work when things are really trash. (laughs) Now, what is his (laughs) sign? (laughs) Yeah, like I need to know. I'm, I I vibe with that because, like, I'm just gonna say, when everything's falling apart, I can always work. You know, who needs feelings when I can work? Yeah, and uh, as we know, that famously really works out for William. So I hope you hold on to that. <laughs> oh, let me tell you that it has famously definitely worked out for me as well. <laughs> so it's the next day. The three healthy children are out with the goats and the farm. They're they're doing their chores again. The young twins are up to antics again, telling Thomason that Black Philip says she is wicked. Thomason, of course, wanting no part of this, returns back to her work of milking the goat. In which blood hits the pail instead of milk. And this, in turn, scares the hell out of her, of course. In a different world, you'd be like, oh, she has mastitis. We'll take care of that. But this is, once again, Puritan culture. Uh, Mastitis. Uh, Titty infection. Oh. Titty infection. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's it's an infection of a milk duct. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Goats get it. Women get it. Anything with titties. I want to call that sour milk syndrome, but I got you. Science isn't as creative as me. Um, yeah, the medical field is wild. Anyone, actually, I think anyone with nipples can get it, even. Oh, if, I thought it was an infected milk duck. My bad, my bad, my bad. It is, but you also have those. See, Floki uh, also has Okay, it. discussion <laughs> for after the pod. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but boy, you don't know that about yourself? Like, yeah, you can. I can lactate? Mm-hmm. That is lit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, anyone can if you got titties. Oh. 
but yeah, it's really common in, in dairy animals. It's, it's common in goats and cows. It's something that's treatable pretty consistently. But when you're, you know, worried that God's cursed you, it, it feels more like a plague and uh, it's very scary, right? So she backs up and, you know, and walks away. We then go to inside the cabin where Catherine is watching over her son. And she says to her husband, uh, who I will say at this point in this podcast, I am really surprised that you haven't mentioned anything about him. So I was actually, I was probably waiting until the end of it, but this is the first episode we've done so far where I have not found a single cast member attractive. Now, that's so crazy. Now, hold on. Mm -hmm. When Mm -hmm. the scene comes, I don't remember if that's right around here or if it's a little bit later in the show where he's shirtless. I did go, Mm. well, and I kind of paused it. (laughs) And then I was like, and then I was like, "Mm, no, no. And then I just kind of moved on. Um, but yeah, no, this is the first one where I really, uh, you know, a lot of them are scarily too young. And then the two that are of age are just not very, I would bang at Lysa, but it's not like I'm just crazy. <laughs> or anything like that. So, not. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Cause I thought for once, maybe we'd agree. You're into William. Yeah. There's something about, I love a man in a period piece. Oh, go off. <laughs> go off. I'm not judging. Also, also the voice. He does have a nice like, voice. I he has the best voice. Um, so yeah, I thought maybe for once I'd be like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rag on you. Like I fully me. see it. <laughs> no, yeah, but of course we just have very different dates. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having a conversation in the loft over Caleb, um, where she says to her husband that this is an unnatural providence and begs him to think. In which he says think what and she says think and he says i have no thoughts which like ain't that just Same the bill. husband way <laughs> i ain't got no thoughts i ain't thinking Mm-mm. I have all no, that's up here chop of wood baby i have no I thoughts that husband. jesus has not put in my brain facts mm-hmm. yeah they're like no nah, if i ain't praying i ain't slaying you know what i mean <laughs> yo that's the line that is the line <laughs> So Kate says it's witchcraft, clearly, which like clearly it is. Like I think for the most part she's crazy, but like obviously homie's going through something. Nah, dog, we're just poison. Is she? It can't be yeah. witchcraft. Is she? That's humbling us. Is she crazy or is she under unbelievable and unreasonable amounts of stress that her husband put onto her? Yes, to both. That's, that's literally why women go crazy. Like what? Like look at any crazy woman in history. It's because her husband just said, I'd, I'd have no thoughts. <laughs> no think, only wood. Yes, no think, only chop. And William's like, well, my thoughts are with him. But like he literally just said, I have no thoughts. Godspeed, child. Thoughts and prayers, baby. Thoughts and prayers. So William makes a plan to go to the village. And he comes to realize that they got to go back to the settlement and figure it out, right? We got to sell the goats. We'll sell the corn. They have no horse. They have no dog. They have no gun. Their son is an, like, they have nothing at this point, right? Except for Black Phillip, some corn and a dream. Like, that's what they're working <laughs> with right now. Some corn and a dream. <laughs> that's the Ohio way, truly. He, truly. he knew what he was doing. <laughs> I've got corn and a dream. <laughs> And Catherine, of course, as a woman with a brain, sees the holes in this plan, right? And she starts crying where she's like, who's going to want our corn? How are you going to get there? Like, what are you like? This doesn't work. 
And William says, what do you want, Catherine? Tell me and I shall give it to thee. And Catherine finally lets it go. And she's like, I just want to go home. Maybe Catherine needed some good dick. Did we ever consider that? It seems, yeah. Well, they all did at this point. It was, it was, uh, it was bad. Caleb was trying. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that if Caleb grew up to be an adult man, he would have been like given good anything. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was like actually like in Puritan culture, like good sex was sinful. Like even in married people, like it was very much, you're just reproducing. Really? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so she says she wants to go home. She wants to go back to England. And now it's her time to make confession. She's like, listen, I'm going to spill some tea here, brother man. <laughs> and she apologizes. She says she never meant to be a shrew. She, feel, she feels as if she's Job's wife. And for those who don't know, Job is a biblical character who basically like God and the devil play with to prove that Job is a devout man. Like, God's like, I can put him through the ringer and he won't lose his faith. And um, Job's wife, of course, doesn't have faith like that. She she can't stand by her man, if you will. And she, Catherine, shares that she once had a dream that when she was around Thomason's age, she was with Christ upon earth. And in that dream, the love she felt far exceeded the affection of what she could believe was the kindest husband. Mm. which is weird because I know, like she doesn't specifically say like she had a sex ge- dream with Jesus but like isn't that was that implied? That is the vibe that I'm getting yeah yeah the vibe was definitely like I was 13 and had a wet dream about Christ the Lord I feel like that's the kind of figure he was for them at that time and it's just so creepy yeah it's definitely like yeah it's it's odd especially when it's like they see God as their father and then they see Jesus as his son, but also they're the groom bride to Jesus. So it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot to wrap your brain around. And that's clearly why it doesn't really work that well for them, but we'll get there. She states that since Samuel has disappeared, she has felt so fallen out of Christ's favor that she fears she will never feel that measure of love again. To which William... I have to only assume bites his tongue. And he just says to her, like, thou shalt have it in heaven. And he leaves. Because, like, what else do you say to a person that's, like, that far in grief and, like, that that far out of themselves? That it's like, yeah, well, stay on the path. And when you die, it'll be better. Like, what do you do, you know? Keep praying. (laughs) (laughs) Thoughts. My my thoughts are with you. Thoughts and prayers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Caleb at this point, uh, like starts screaming, right? And they all rush back in. Uh, you know, they were all outside. They all run back in, and he's like going through like violent convulsions. He looks possessed. I mean, I don't know if I don't. I wouldn't say maybe possessed, but he's definitely his brain is not in this veil. He doth been touched. I mean, he did bang a horse, which I can't assume that he's... That is true. Um, So he starts choking and, like, blood starts flowing out of his mouth. And then an apple comes out... I cannot stand you. And then an apple comes out of his throat. Like a full apple. Which, like, ow. You know? For sure. No, No one loves that. So at this point, the twins accuse Thomason of practicing witchcraft, which like not the time, 
you know, like let's save it. <laughs> Not really the vibe, right? Yeah, <laughs> read the room. Um, <laughs> William says he needs proof. He's not going to sit here under his roof and accuse one of his children of practicing witchcraft if they have proof. Like, bring it forward. And he asks Thomason if she loves the Lord, and of course she says yes. And do you love the Bible? And of course she says yes. Uh, so at this point, he's like, "Well, then we need to start praying for Caleb." And they all gather around Caleb and start praying, but twist of the whole movie the twins can't pray they can't remember their prayers uh they can't they can't do anything right and so they're sitting there like struggling and at this point the prayer then upsets caleb and he starts screaming and the twins basically are echoing him if you will so he starts screaming about how she desires my blood she desires my blood and the twins are echoing his screams in their own little voices behind him and it doesn't really seem like the twins are doing it of their own accord, right? Like, they're not sitting there, like, mocking him. It's like they're basically just, like, tiny megaphones in a way. It's it's very, like, it's the vibe is, not, is bad. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. Not good. Not great. Um, so then they all scream, like, she sends the devil. Like, she sends the devil. She sends the devil. Dear Lord, I am thine enemy. I am thine enemy, my Lord. Um, and at, at this point, I don't know... Uh, at some point he starts speaking and you think he's talking about God, but at, are, I am always yeah. assuming that he's definitely talking about the dark Lord at this point. Damn. The devil. Oh, I so thought you Voldemort, my bad. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. He was like, get yeah. these mud bloods out of here. Um, and then he, once again, Caleb going out with a bang gets horny as hell. <laughs> And he's like, my lord, my love, kiss me with the kisses of thy mouth. My lord, my love, my soul salvation, take me to thy lap. He's a bisexual king. <laughs> you know, you're right about that. Uh, and then he, like, starts giggling. And then he, like, leans back. And he, like, sighs as if, like, homie just, like, like he needs a cigarette, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and then he dies. <laughs> I will tell you that that scene left my mouth wide open. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where they talk about in reviews that this is exactly what was the deepest fear of people in the 17th century. Like this is their horror movie. Cause this is it. This is your eldest son being like weirdly possessed and like un unsavable. And also weirdly, if you do or don't know that he's like crying out to the devil and not the, the Lord, like this is the scariest thing that could possibly happen to you. And it feels like it. So at this point, Thomason goes in to try to help her brother and she is sent away by the scariest version of Catherine we have seen yet. Yeah. And, uh, William follows her out once more <laughs> again, <laughs> comforting someone as best he can. He like holds her under this tree and he tells her that the tree they are under will be lovely come spring, which is such a me move. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how I comfort people. It was like, but yeah, but when the daffodils come up, it'll be gorgeous. Imagine the tulips. Yes, exactly. Especially with the spring. It's like, yeah, winter sucks dog. If for all the, you know, the gray weather, but like spring's going to be so pretty, like such a me move. Me and William, same, same Z's. So he tells her that he had planned to start a wheat field in this area. 
He was going to get a big old milk cow. Like he had goals. He had dreams. He has plans. But he uses all of this in like the past tense as if like it's not happening anymore. Like you can see at this point, like he's slowly coming to terms with like, oh, this is bad. We're in a bad place here. He then tries to level with her and he asks her to tell him the truth. Thomason, of course, is angered. He doesn't believe her. And she didn't make a bargain with the devil. We know this. She knows this. Nobody else knows this. And uh, she's, she's upset, rightfully so. And William says, I saw it in my own house. The twins were bewitched. If you tell me the truth, then Christ can unwitch our family. Yeah. Um, as I love thee, speak truth. Which, like, once again, hard line. She says to him, you want to speak truth, father? You and mother plan to be rid of me. Is that truth? You didn't confess until it was too late about the cup. Is that truth? Homie gets her lick back, no issue. <laughs> She's like, she could be out there like clapping her hands, like holding her fingers up. And I I would be like, hell yeah. Like girl. she said nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. Right. I mean, at this point they're, you know, it, Best case scenario is they don't accuse her of witchcraft and then they still sell her off, you know, to another family. She has nothing to lose. And of course, William, trying to be the authority here, tells her, hold thy tongue. She says, I shall not. You are a hypocrite. He says, hold peace. She says, nay. (laughs) Nay. It's too late for peace. Peace was never an option. She then says, "You you took Caleb to the wood. You let mother blame me for that. Is that truth? You can't hunt. You can't grow crops. Is that truth? Oh, damn. Thou's can do nothing but cut wood. (laughs) I don't remember her saying that. Dude, it's my favorite scene. Dude, she goes, oh. I remember her going off, but damn. Yeah. You can't hunt. You can't grow crops. You can't do nothing but cut wood, You're dog. You're like, as a father. He's like, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. A provider, you aren't. Is that truth? Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, She's had just about enough of this, you know? <laughs> she's had enough. No doubt. So she, at this point, tells William, look, father, the twins are in league with Black Philip. They sing his songs. They speak to him. You and I both know that goat is Lucifer himself. They make covenant with the devil in the shape of Black Philip. Which, she is correct. Angered by his son's death, in grief, and his other children's behavior, William, at this point, leaves sanity behind. Yeah, he kind of snapped. He snaps into the paranoia that Catherine is in, and he gets real angry. So, of course, they go back to the cabin. He's throwing shit around, and he screams, Ye black minions, ye black minions. What a fun thing, ye black minions, to say about, like, little demon children. (laughs) He calls them dissemblers, grave pretenders all. He says, hear me. I will not play a fool to child's games. Kate says, this is no game. Our son is dead. Thomason says, I do not lie. And William says, silence, creature. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Uh, Kate again begins freaking out doing her little hysterical mommy bit and she keeps talking about how they're cursed they're cursed and William's lost it it's over William's done he's done with all of this 
He asks Catherine to fetch the bill hook so that he can smite Jonas as Abraham would have done his seed. He's killing his kids now. <laughs> yep. He's into Bye-bye. it. Yeah. The twins, still locked in this witchy stupor, are not waking up. Even with all the screaming, all this yelling, everything, they're still not waking up. And William then grabs them by the throat and holds them in the air. And at, in unison, they like wake up and scream together. And of course, this shakes William up a little bit. So he decides to take normal measures, just like a normal thing to do, and decides to lock them all up in the goat house. <laughs> just, yeah, you know. Just a normal fatherly response. Um, and in the goat house, Thomason kind of like, I think has like chilled a little bit and she's just talking to the twins and she's like, so like, are y'all really, are y'all really witches? <laughs> and like, <laughs> they kind of like say like, well, well aren't you? And, 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 and she's like, no, but like, they don't really answer. And this whole time, Black Phillip's like sitting next to them, just like chilling. Like homie's just there for the entertainment, basically. <laughs> And she asked them, does he really speak to thee? And they still don't answer. Like, these kids, have, they are just left and right dodging. They're like, you are not going to get me on a charge, sister. Like, I got nothing. So we then move on to seeing Will and Catherine burying Caleb under the same tree that will be gorgeous come spring. And Catherine gets in the grave and lays down. Typical boy mom behavior. (laughs) (laughs) And she just kind of like looks up at William, just like, go ahead, like leave me here. In my humble opinion, as someone who does want to be buried uh, under a tree, there's something about that scene to me that like is truly sad of like how far they've come, you know, like how they started as like wealthy people in England and now here they are. And like to just be like so in grief that you're like, just bury me too. Like it just, it's the one time I like really sympathize with Kate of like how like clearly gone she is, you know, like she's, she's, she's done. She's done it all, you know? Yeah. And then surprise, surprise, William goes to chop wood again. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a good old chop. Yeah. Nothing like a good old wood chopping to get your mind right. I mean, what else are you going to do really at that point? I mean, honestly, at this point, just bury a couple of the graves. Like, what are we going to do? You could pre dig. That's not a bad pre-dig. idea. Uh, I, what could he do? Go to bed? <laughs> like, take a take nap. A nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at this point, we actually see William have like a really emotional breaking point where he's now confessing to the Lord that this is all his fault. He realizes he is infected with the filth of pride. He asks the Lord, Dispose of me how thou wilt. Yet redeem my children. They can't take their natural evils. He says, I lie before thee a coward. I beg thee, save my children. Once again, the paranoia and the not being able to take two steps back and look at the situation and realize they could get themselves out of it and being this far deep into the emotion of it all. It's very... It's a horror movie without jump scares because it's it's scary in such a different way you know mm-hmm. so now it's the middle of the night and the twins and thomason awake from their goatly slumber to hearing some footsteps outside the house and then all of a sudden 
they see the witch drinking the blood of the nanny goat that they were milking earlier. Uh, and she looks not hot. <laughs> no, not at fucking all, dude. She's not She's not doing too hot. She definitely needs some blood or some baby ointment or something. She's run out of the keels, you know? Caleb, come get your woman. <laughs> In the house, Catherine has a hallucinatory vision or dream. I mean, I think she's, she's hallucinating. I, I don't think it's necessarily a dream because she's like walking around and stuff. In this vision... Caleb and Samuel have returned together. Caleb is holding Samuel and he hugs his mom. Hated that. He tells her, we have longed to see you. We could see you oft, mother. I have brought a book for you. Once again, this is not Caleb, right? This is a vision of Caleb uh, working for the Dark Lord. I guess in theory it could be Caleb, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you actually think it's Caleb? Because in my head it's caleb working like someone using caleb's image just trying to get the mom's soul for the devil but i don't think it it's actually physically caleb no 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 i don't think it's physically caleb i I guess in theory it's the spirit of caleb because i guess in theory he's also in league with the dark lord at this point yeah i mean i could see that potentially it's a thinker i've seen this movie a million times and even now i'm like is it is it not you, you got to come up with your own indiscretion there. You tell us oddlings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's so happy to see them, of course. She's been in such a down place this whole time that basically she's almost like high from this delusion, right? Like she's she's crying of happiness. She's laughing. She's smiling. And then we cut to reality where after she takes Samuel and tries to nurse him, we see that it's actually a raven just, like, pecking at her chest. Which is really unnerving. Yeah. That scene is unnerving, because she's just sitting there laughing, because she thinks she's just, like, breastfeeding her child who's been gone, and, like, really, it's it's not good. It's not good. (laughs) It's It's a bad time, realistically. So in the morning, we come to our final conclusion where William wakes up at dawn and he walks outside and he's like stretching. He's trying to figure out what to do with his kids. And he turns and looks and the goat house is just destroyed. It's like missing a wall. Half the roof's gone. The goats are just eviscerated. Right. And the twins are missing. They're gone. All that's left is an unconscious Thomason with bloodied hands and blood all over her dress. And as she stirs, Black Philip gores William. It's kind of like the only jump scare, I yeah. guess, in the whole... It's a pretty unnerving scene. Say, Especially when there was nothing like that in the rest of the movie, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's very shocking, because you don't see it. I mean, you don't even see Black Philip. You assume he's dead like the other goats, right? And then all of a sudden, bada-bing, bada-boom, goat horn in your rib cage you did um and thomason is like just made eye contact with her dad right and like he sees her like covered in blood he at this point is going to die with the assumption that thomason has like murdered the the twin she really is the witch you know and it's very that part is very sad um and william tries to fight back right he picks up the bill hook and black philip comes at him again pushing him into the wood pile and it collapses on him the storytelling, it's rife with irony. (laughs) 
out of the cabin comes an unhinged Catherine. She's gone. Like, homegirl is... Mommy is not home no more. Um, Surprisingly, once again, she blames Thomason for everything that's happened. Uh, She gets nasty. Like, it's, it's it's also unnerving. This whole final sequence here is just gut-wrenching i mean she calls her a whore she calls her a slut uh she's in leagues with the devil you're smeared with his sin she then says you know you're, you're gonna try to kill all of us look what you've done to your father and thomason's like no i didn't like i love you i'm your daughter like what are you doing like why are you doing this stop it i love you please don't do this and kate uh tries to strangle her right and uh, Thomason, in self-defense, grabs the bill hook and tearfully kills her mother. Just slays the hell out of her. Uh, blood everywhere. It's a nightmare. Did Catherine deserve it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think, she, I think it's like an animal who got hit by a car. You gotta finish yeah. it up. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's a mercy killing. So now Thomason is alone. The twins are gone. There's just Black Philip, and he walks his happy little ass over back to the goat house. So she wanders into the cabin, grabs a blankie, sits at the table, lost in her grief, and passes out. At this point, time has passed, and she's awoken by the sweet chiming of bells. Honestly, the music in this movie is something that I wish that we could play some of it without getting copyrighted because it's so unnerving the whole time. Mm -hmm. But at this point, when she wakes up, it's just very, like, calming and, like, sweet and just, like, little bells in a row. Like, it's very, it's very nice. So, Thomason at this point realizes what she has to do and she walks into the goat house where black Philip is already waiting for her in the doorway and turns and walks inside. She goes and conjures black Philip to speak to her, begs him to speak to her. And she even asks like, do you understand my English tongue? Like she's really trying to like have a, have a commune with this goat. And at this point, the goat responds in a delicious voice. What does thou want? And she's like, well, what what can you give me? And he asks, would thou like the taste of butter? A pretty dress? Eerie, you want to hit him with it? Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? I thought that line was interesting. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And then he asked if she would like to see the world. And then at this point, he materializes into like a black clad coated man. You never really get to see him. You kind of get to see like a little outline of his face, um, but nothing like really like nothing with details. Um, And at this point, he tells Thomason to remove her shift and sign her name in the book. She says... I cannot write my name. And he says, I will guide thy hand. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he will. (laughs) So at this point, my favorite part of the movie concludes to where Thomason, accompanied by Black Phillip as a goat, then enters the forest nude. It's just butt cheeks abound, baby. And uh, 
she's walking and she comes across what is a coven holding a witch's Sabbath around a bonfire. It's honestly like how I'm trying to spend my weekends, you know? So like if anyone has a location of this, if you drop a pin. Yep. But it's like seven ladies, like all naked, like chanting and dancing around a fire, just having a really good time. And at this point, Thomason's like watching and realizing like this is her life now. And uh, the witches begin to levitate. And then Thomason like feels the gravity releasing off of her. And she starts laughing and smiling as she realizes like she's one. And uh, at this point, she ascends above the trees and the movie's over. She was the witch. Well, she is now. They forced her to be the witch. They forced her to be the witch. She didn't want to be. She really didn't want to be. She didn't have to be. But uh, in my opinion, this is a good for her movie. Agreed. And uh, I won't be hearing anything in discourse because of that. It's a good for her movie. I don't care. (laughs) What I think is really interesting is we actually, like at this point, the movie cuts to black. And then it comes up with a screen that says this film was inspired by many folk tales, fairy tales, and written accounting of historical witchcraft, including journals, diaries, and court records. Much of the dialogue comes directly from these period sources. Which I think is so interesting because it does, it feels like this is like a real thing that could have happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, there's nothing that's so out of otherworldly. You know, like, this is, like, a real thing that probably actually really happened to people, maybe with or without the goat becoming a handsome man. But the rest of it, the paranoia, I think, is really what we see when it comes to the Salem witchcraft trials, you know, when it comes to witchcraft in general and the persecution of them. This type of paranoia, this type of devoutness that leads to that kind of thing, I mean, that was that was the way of it all in 1630. And I think that they perfectly perfectly encapsulated i mean knowing that most of the dialogue comes directly from that period i think it's brilliant i think it's a brilliant way to do that mm-hmm. so there you go kids that's uh that's the witch if uh you've listened to all of this and haven't watched the movie uh go watch it because i'd never touched on a single outfit if anyone wants to be proud of me <laughs> <laughs> you did not have I already looked up plans to make Thomason's outfit? Yes, I have because I <laughs> love it. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Um, but yeah, I mean the the music is amazing. The outfits are a ten out of ten. The aesthetic, I think it's interesting because I feel like the entire movie could be done in grayscale until it comes to her walking into the goat house with Black Phillip. It's the only time we ever see the color red. Or orange. Oh it's the yeah, only, I could agree with that. It's, it's the only weird. time it's like green in the forest, you know. Mm. You know what reminds me of Sleepy Hollow, Tim Burton's yes. Sleepy Hollow, because that like the very only, desaturated. Yeah, the only time there's color is like when there's blood or there's like orange for pumpkins. Right, and it hits. It it really does hit. It's truly, it's weirdly one of my like I said, a comfort movie for me, which is funny considering how awful <laughs> it truly is, but. I think that there's uh, something comforting about knowing, like, however mentally ill I am, I'm not that mentally ill yet. <laughs> then also, like, it is a good for her movie. Like, it's a good end. for her movie. It is a good for her movie. She, she really did that shit. She won. Yes, she did. And I would like to live deliciously. Uh, I thou do want to live deliciously. <laughs> 
for sure. I think it's also interesting because when he asks her, like, uh, wouldst thou like a taste of butter? It's so funny to think about how easy it is for us to get those things. But back in the day, like, butter only, like, really came if you had a cow or if you were, like, really rich or if, like, because all the butter came from England. Yeah. So, like, to us, like, was that, like, a taste of butter? Like, the idea of, like, selling your soul to the devil for like butter it sounds so ridiculous but like back in the day like butter was not what it is now i mean so i'd be doing it for free but yeah you're right. true, 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 true. um but it's so interesting to take a step back into 1630s new england and feel like it's such a very accurate period piece to where you can truly step back from it and think like about your own life and be like, Oh, like our life isn't like that now, but it's like crazy to think about like what they were going through at, at this time. Yep. They do a great job of it. All right, y'all. You got anything else? No, uh, I think this movie is uh, definitely one of the best A24 movies. I think I know a lot of people were hype about it when it first came out, but it never gets talked about. I don't think as much as like, for some reason, Hereditary is, like, uh-huh. the biggest one. And to be honest with you, that one is my least favorite. I, I agree. I don't like it that much. It was fine. I mean, they're just... I think it's a good classic horror movie, for sure. But I don't yeah. think it's... I don't think it's as well done as this. In no, any way. It, yeah. yeah. For sure. Maybe that's just because Hereditary is the closest one to our own culture. So maybe we don't appreciate it as much because we like stepping into other cultures and, and seeing what they're going through at the time. Cause even midsummer is modern day, but it, it you ain't finding that, you know, anywhere near us. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. That could be, I don't know. I need to rewatch hereditary to like, I think I've only seen it like once or twice. So I think I need to do another watch through to change my opinion potentially, but I still don't think it's as good as this. I love that movie. It's good. I, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's a very solid horror movie, but it's very more classic horror where I feel like this is just so much like more psychological. I would yeah. say, yeah, I would agree. I would say this one for me of all the A24s I've seen, I would say this probably is second behind the killing of a sacred deer, which I love that movie so much. Um, that's really hilarious. It is so funny to me that you like that movie because oh my god, that fucking movie's so stupid. I love this movie. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. It's so good. <laughs> What's the fucking plot? We have to cover that because I don't fucking I don't what is the fucking plot oh, of that movie? I don't fucking know. This is already planned into my into my queer fear schedule, my love. Okay, good. Because that movie I fuck I watched it and I was like, what the fuck? Okay, but hear me out. I was really Hi, when I watched it. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, well, as a sober person, let me tell you. Well, I was really high <laughs> and I was 23, 20, 22. I'm now 26 and I don't smoke anymore, so maybe. My yeah, we're rewatching it so that you can maybe have a different you <laughs> on this dumbass. Get on here. Movie. You guys ready to waste an hour of our lives? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> You're like, um, actually, I would like to take back my former opinion. <laughs> Or watch, she's gonna be like, actually, I like it more now. And we're gonna be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> well, is that our next one? You're no, are you in charge my, of the next one? My next one is uh, will not be announced. Are is this past podcast time? No, 
Scooby-Doo's You never know. Zombie I didn't know if you wanted to, you know, give a little taste to the oddlings, let them know what they were in store for. Yeah, no, no. Zombie Island's my next one. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Well, there you go. I'm ready for it. There you go, kids. Well, all right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Queer Fear. We hope you are enjoying your October. We will see you in the next episode. Stay on, Arcadia.